Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Spooksters, and welcome back to another Stabby Snippet. It is your ghoul friend, Jessica, and I am joined by my favorite ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, Spooksters. And today we are going to talk about a very highly publicized case of Dulce Maria Alvarez. So fun fact, Spooksters. When Tara and I were in Atlanta, We got the great privilege of being able to uh, meet someone who listens to our show, and he actually works at HLN. He's a wonderful human being, and he he literally honored us by taking us around around the studio, and we were actually standing in a studio while they were recording the news, which is a fantastic thing to watch. And this story was on the news when we were there. Yeah, it had just broke. Yeah. I mean, it had been about a month, I want to say. Oh, okay. Because they basically, how they did it is there was like another missing person, another missing child. So they were like, oh, and also remember that this other child is missing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was like a, a break, like news break, but this was a, please don't forget about this little girl. So we're going to be talking about Dulce Maria Alvarez, and her mother is Noemi Alvarez Perez, and Dulce is five years old, and she has a little brother who's three, and I do know the little brother's name, but I'm not going to say it because I feel like children need anonymity, especially because one of these children is missing. So Mm -hmm. on September 16th of 2019... Noemi picked her daughter, her eight-year-old sister, and she took her three-year-old son. She picked them up from her mother's house, so the children's grandmother's house, and took them to go to the park. It was the Bridgeton City Park in Cumberland County, New Jersey, which is about, I believe, 30 miles south of Philadelphia. At about 4 p.m. or before 4 p.m. on September 16th, the last known surveillance images of this young girl would be taken. Noemi took Dulce and her brother and her aunt to go buy ice cream before they headed to the park. A little after 4 p.m., they arrive at the Bridgeton City Park. Dulce and her three-year-old brother then get out of the car by themselves and run off to go play at the place, like the little playground that's there, while Noemi and her eight-year-old sister stayed in the car, which mm, I have problems with. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't have children, but I have taken care of a few, um, especially my my little nieces and nephews, and would never let them out of my sight. Mm Mm-mm. 
ever at a park, even if I had taken him to that park a hundred thousand times, would always get out of the car. Yeah. Noemi states the reason she didn't get out of the car is she wanted to help her younger sister with her homework. So they were just going to stay in the car and do that. This actually, she was actually just recently interviewed by Dr. Phil. It aired on December 6th. So he asked her about that. Like, why couldn't you have sat at a table? <laughs> Something? A bench. I mean, like, if, like, the, like, I could see someone be like, well, if there was a table makes sense because you could do your homework on it. And if they were like, oh, there were no tables, but like in the car, is there really that much more? Right. She's a sedan. So, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry. What'd she say? She didn't really say anything. She just kind of sat there, which I'll get to in a minute about her her reactions, Noemi's reactions. Originally, the story, there's there was a story that about 4.20, the three-year-old brother returns to the car without Dulce and basically motions that they can't find, that he couldn't find her. So Noemi gets out of the car and starts to search. Her later story is that She thinks that Dulce and her little brother go to play on the swings, which is kind of just out of sight. There's like a hill with some, I believe, basketball courts on it. So they can't see this. They can't see the swings. And that's where she thinks they are at. And they were out of sight for between five and ten minutes. Now, I don't know about you, but I would never let my kid out of my sight for five minutes because the whole world can change. And it did change. At 5 p.m., Noemi calls the police. And if you go to our sources page, there's a few clips that have that sound clip in it, like her talking to the police. And there's even there's one I didn't include because honestly, it was really annoying. This girl was commentating on everything they were saying. So I left it out for your sake. (laughs) (laughs) So she calls the police. She files a report. And I get like, okay, like I don't get and I get the time lapse like that's we're saying that we have a, a time that they remember, like four, about 4.20. They notice she's gone and it takes them 40 minutes to call the police. I'm pretty sure after 10 minutes of running around a park, screaming my daughter's name, talking to people in the park and people are saying, oh, we think someone took her. I would have called the cops like and I guess this is my personality. I think the cops understand, like, if you call them and you're like, my daughter's missing, I can't find her. And then you call them back and you're like, we found her. Right. Versus waiting 40-ish minutes. Because according to her, according to her, even if you take the timeline, like, they were a little before four o'clock. She says the park was only a five-minute drive from the gas station where they bought it from. So we're talking, they arrived at the park about 4.05. If the little boy never ran up to the car, which is what she says didn't happen, is that she got concerned and went out to look for the kid, even though originally the story was the little boy ran up to the car. Even if then, if they were only out of your sight for 10 minutes, given like, let's say they played on the the set for five minutes. Yeah, it'd be about. Yeah, I guess it'd be about 420. But still for like 40 minutes has lapsed. Since you've lost the sight of your child, I know that she was looking down these paths and everything, but at least somebody would have should have called the police on the 911 call. She says, I can't find my daughter. She's missing. Somebody said that someone possibly or probably took her. This is what she's telling the police, because at the time she said that there was no one else in this park, no one else in this park, except when you ask her who else is in the park. She says, nobody. Who told you that 
an individual walked past them when they saw your daughter run towards there. Oh, the four girls at the basketball court, which is in the park. So there were people in the park. She's just saying that there was no. Right. So Noemi's stories kind of stay the same, but change, if that makes sense. Yeah, little details. Mm-hmm. So what she tells the police is that there are these four girls in the basketball court, and one of them says to her, I saw your daughter run towards that building. And at the same time, I and I quote what Noemi says, a black guy went that way. So just like an androgynous African-American man, just a black guy is the only description. No height, no, this is what he was wearing, none of that. Just black guy. Hmm. Okay. I'm kind of like, okay, cool. Just like throw that out there. Like no actual anything, just that. So they obviously file a police report. The next day on September 17th, the FBI and other members of the Bridgeton community join in the efforts to look for the little girl, little Dulce. They also, this is something that's concerning to me, is that they sent out an Amber Alert on the 17th, but it was after like 10 p.m. Mm. So I don't know if it just took that long to get all the information together, to gather it, to get like photos because they had to go to the convenience store and you get the pictures of her, what she was wearing. She was wearing a yellow shirt. They had pictures of the ice cream that she bought because that was one of the things they never found, the container of ice cream because she had one of those. Um, it's not like quite a pint size. The only thing I can describe that you might know is like those Italian ices that come in the cup, but it was like a coconut flavor. Mm-hmm. In the Amber Alert, it says that Dulce was taken most likely by a light-skinned, possibly Hispanic male, roughly five feet, six inches tall, wearing orange sneakers, red pants, and a black shirt. When Dr. Phil asks her about this, she doesn't know. She doesn't know who told the police this. She doesn't know why the police knows this. This is just what was in. You know, she's telling them one thing that there is a quote unquote black guy. And now it's this very specific like he's five, six, was wearing orange sneakers, wearing red pants, had a black shirt on, possibly drove a red van. So when Dr. Phil asks her about this, because honestly, I know that some people are like, oh, God, Dr. Phil. But like I've watched a lot of hours of her interviews and this is the most talkative this woman has ever been. I also want to point out that Noemi is 19 and that she had Dulce when she was 14 and she's currently pregnant. So she has Dulce, the son, and now she's pregnant. So, so she has three kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we go from this like androgynous black man, African-American fellow um, that nobody knows what he looks like, anything like that to a very specific person yeah this is very detailed i mean it doesn't have like facial but like saying light-skinned hispanic can kind of paint a picture for individuals on september 18th so two days after her disappearance they hold a vigil in bridgeton city park which is where she was abducted from or went missing from i watched this video and i'll come back to this video of this because i got feelings at the end that this will tie into, and I don't want to let them slip now. Okay. On September 19th, the family issues a plea and offer basically a $20,000 reward is offered. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that money came from. It might be like funds that, you know, like air- different areas have different money mm-hmm. to help with missing persons cases. The very next day, it was jumped up $5,000, and the Cumberland County prosecutor, Jennifer. Webb McNay issues a plea 
that if you were a witness, if you saw anything, come forward, please speak. Like, you know, that whole, like, if you come speak forward, we promise that, like, you know, protection, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. No strong leads at this point at all. September 21st, the reward bumps up another $10,000 and is now $35,000. On September 23rd, the second week of investigation, authorities ask people who were in the park to go through their phones. Like if you were in the park at all that day to go through your phone, look for pictures, look for, you know, look for through Facebook posts, look through videos, because you may have accidentally captured something you wouldn't know. This didn't result in anything. On September 24th, um, the FBI makes contact with Dulce's father, who was living in Mexico at the time, or is still living in Mexico, I could say, and authorities began to work on getting a face-to-face interview with him. On September 26th, this is 10 days after she's disappeared, the family starts posting videos of her, and she's singing, like, the Frozen song, and You know, she's excited and she looks happy because they're wanting people to really associate her as being this missing child. Like, she's so much joy. Mm. The next day, Rutgers University of Camden offers an independent insight to possibly help in looking at different scenarios. On September 20th, when questioned about how she's feeling about her daughter missing, she goes, Noemi says, I'm worried about my daughter. That's it. Yeah, let that sink in. On October 3rd, the authorities released the audio of that call, of the 911 call. The next day, the authorities come out and say the prosecution is missing a key element to this investigation. They're still looking for it, and they have zero strong leads. Over the next few weeks and months, they start, you know, doing more interviews. They start, like, they're still searching the park. We're coming up on three months. You know, they're still looking for this little girl. And the Amber Alert still remains. As of right now, Dulce is the FBI's most wanted missing person. Mm. Which is a good thing because that keeps her on the top of the priority. She is five years old. She's pretty um, helpless in the world. Yeah. Now, I really want to talk about the Dr. Phil interview because this interview for me, everyone knows I love Dr. Phil. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love him. He's, (laughs) He's like my soul uncle. I loves him. I love watching him because he asks people hard questions. And I also want to say that I think it's really good because the final reward was up to like 52,000 and he bumped it up to 75,000. So this might help someone go, okay, I'll come forward now if I know something. Here are some things. And I actually found from our lovely listeners, because I love you, in our sources page, the entire episode of Dr. Phil is up. Oh, nice. It's like one of those like, YouTubers who put it in like a smaller window and then flash their thing in the side. I will say that the last like three minutes is just a picture of a woman and it's got creepy music. So um, (laughs) forewarned, it startled the shit out of me. (laughs) Um, I was like, oh, God. So here are some issues that I had when she was talking to Dr. Phil. He asked her because at some point she becomes a prime suspect in this investigation. The police believe that her either she or her family had something to do with the this little girl's disappearance. Yeah. One of the main reasons, and Dr. Phil says this, and I believe him, he's helped hundreds if not thousands of families either deal with grief or deal with missing persons cases. And he says she is the most calm mother that he has ever encountered. Now, there is a language barrier here. Noemi's first language is, is Spanish. 
when she speaks Spanish, she's a little bit more emotive. However, when she speaks English, it's almost robotic. It's one word answers. It's yes, no. And you can watch it. Like he asks her questions and she's just like, no. So one of the things that he asked her was because you were like you were being investigated for a possible role in this. Were you given a polygraph test? And she said, yes. And he goes, what were the results of that polygraph test? And she goes, I don't know. The police didn't tell me. And I'm pretty sure they tell you whether you pass or fail. And the question they asked her was, do you know what happened to your daughter? And the, uh, they asked her another question is, did you sell your daughter? Oh. So when Dr. Phil asked her, why do you think the police thought this of you? She goes, oh, because I don't cry and get emotional. I do that by myself. I've never even cried in front of my parents. I'm sorry, but Tara, you're a mom. If your daughter had been missing at this point for almost three months, what would your emotional range be? Mm, The fucking opposite of this. I don't even want to think about that. No. Okay. I'm going to put it this. I have a dog. Like, my child is my dog. I'm that millennial. Yes. You can at me. It's whatever. Um, (laughs) if my dog was missing for three months, I would have more of an emotional reaction than this. I just, yeah, because you sent, you sent me one of the videos that I'm assuming will be on the, in the sources page that we'll have up. She's just so. (sighs) Matter of fact. Yeah. Like dead inside. Just like whatever about it almost. And I mean, part of it could be that is her personality, but I'm just like, how I don't know. I don't know if they're like even with a language barrier. I still we've seen other interviews with other people, even when they're trying to communicate, they're still showing emotion. Right. And I would think that this would be even more frustrating. Right. Having a language barrier and being like trying to convince people that you're emotionally distraught. Yeah. And like maybe slipping back into your native tongue to like really be like, this is how I feel like you might not understand me, but this is how I feel. I referenced a interview that she did on the 18th of September and she did get a little emotional like she got emotional but the way she spoke about her was that her daughter was okay like she's like I just want my daughter back and with us because she doesn't like to be away from her family Um, we want her near us we miss her like these are the things she's saying and I get that if there's a language bear a language barrier she might not be able to say exactly what she means like you know eloquently or fluidly but At some point, like they had interpreters, someone she could have said it in Spanish and someone could have turned around and interpreted it into English to have more effect. But she also started that off. It may not have been that it may not have been the September 18th, but it was around there around that time. Yeah. Like her. She starts off by saying, please stop attacking me on social media. I mean, she very eloquently and passionately talks about the fact that she does not like being harassed about the, her lack of emotions on social media and has and her friend Jackie um, Rodriguez actually says she's removed herself from social media altogether because of the fact that she was being harassed about not having lack of emotions. When I was on YouTube and I was like looking down through the comments, I mean, people were saying things like she reminds them of Chris Watt and like her verbiage and things like that. Like and also like, where's the fucking urgency? Like your child is missing. Like the grandmother in this situation is just beside herself and cannot speak any English. She speaks zero English and she is just passionately 
they're like, do you want to speak? And she steps up and she just starts to talk and just breaks down. Because in all intents and purposes, this grandmother has raised this child when Noemi, I think, was pregnant with her son and was planning to move out with the son's father. Her parents were like, no, you're not responsible or mature enough to take care of a child, which is funny because she's pregnant. So (laughs) you need to leave your daughter with us. And her daughter lived with the grandparents. And I mean, and Dr. Phil does call her out on being like lack of emotion. And he does explain the language barrier thing. Mm -hmm. Also, here's a little fun tidbit. Did you know that, which you did not know, um, that when she was sitting in her car while her kid was being abducted or disappearing or what have you, she was scratching a lottery ticket. That's no judgment. My husband and I get lottery tickets. We think they're fun. But like you're in your car, like you have the wherewithal to be like, I'm going to scratch this lottery ticket in the car, but let my kids get out and go play. Yeah. At a park. I mean, this would be one thing if you were sitting in your backyard watching, but it's not the same. Mm-mm. Like Dr. Phil Astor, do you feel like a bad mom because you were like sitting in the car and not out with your kids? And she says, yes. He says, do you think that was such a good idea? And she says, no. I would think at this point would be the point where you would break. Like, okay, someone's calling me. No, just no. Yes. Just fucking stone cold. So then after Dr. Phil interviews her, her friend Jackie is interviewed by Dr. Phil. Mm -hmm. And Jackie, who basically became friends with Noemi because of this incident, thinks that Noemi knows more than she's willing to say. So Dr. Phil says, There's an actual eyewitness to what happened. It's your three-year-old son who conveniently cannot speak. Yeah. And I guess they're working with doctors to try to, like, get this out of him. He doesn't speak. If he can't talk. Yeah, I mean, he can only do so much. I have a thought. I know this is not the same thing whatsoever, but there's this case that Twisted Britain covered kind of recently where the mom... And the mom's boyfriend did this big old thing where the little girl went missing Mm -hmm. and she wasn't abducted. She wasn't nothing. They had her hidden at this like friend or uncle or someone's house Mm -hmm. for like months. Uh It's like a case from the UK. Like it was like you probably heard of it too. I can't remember the names. Mm -hmm. They were doing it to essentially try to con everybody. I don't know what the fuck they thought was going to happen. Like they were going to get the money and not get caught and then magically find her or what the fuck. But you know, I this is like pure accusation. Mm -hmm. That's obviously best case that she's somewhere and she's safe. And the mom knows this and she's just trying to get some kind of gain out of this. I don't know. Like, that's obviously best case scenario. It just something just reminded me of that. I don't know why, but it just did. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention one thing. So all of a sudden, out of the blue, Dr. Phil asked Noemi, like, if you had to name someone, if you had to point your finger, wag it, whatever, at a person... Who would you pick? And she's like, I don't know. Then he pressed a little harder because it's Dr. Phil. Like, he doesn't ask one question once. He asks the same question four different ways to see if he can get a different answer because that's that's how you do things when you're trying to catch people in lies and shenanigans. Because I think that Dr. Phil has, like, I think he's got her, but he can't come out and just be like, "Mm, you're not telling the whole truth. (laughs) Yeah. She goes, well, you see, I have this old friend who the last time I saw him, he waved high at me. And Dr. Phil's like, okay. And she's like, yeah. And then he asked me, is that my daughter? And I said, yes. 
And Dr. Phil's like, okay, and like, how does this, like, what would make you think this? She's like, well, we were, he wanted to, like, he wanted to get at me, but I wouldn't let him. Mind you, she has the fucking language skills to say, get at me, but can't say like, you know, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, she can't emote, but she can say, get at me. I, I don't get it. And he goes, oh, like, date you. And she's like, yeah, he wanted to date me, but I wouldn't let him. So she's like, kind of pointing the finger at someone, but not really. And Jackie Rodriguez, who was her friend who Dr. Phil interviewed, she talked about how the family is feeling. And most of the family feels Noema is not telling the truth fully, that she knows something. Like, the way she talks about her daughter is, I want my daughter back. Like, when they ask her, like, well, like, in the video clip that you saw, I think it was the video clip I showed you, it was, like, what do you want to happen? Well, we'd really like her home for the holidays. Like, we really want her back so we could celebrate the holidays together. And it's like, no, like, I'd be like, if, if someone asked me, like, what do you want? I'd be like, I would like my daughter back and the person who took her to rotten hell for a thousand million quadrillion years. Like, I'm sorry. That's the correct answer, no matter what you look at this. Not, well, we kind of like her home for the holidays. We miss her. I get that she doesn't emote, but at the same time, at some point, she's been on TV so many times that she should have a more breakdown other than when she slips into Spanish. Like, that's it. That's it. Like, I call shenanigans. I call something smells like fish. I call something's weird. My theories are this. My theories is it something exactly like you were saying. The little girl was abducted by someone this mother knows. This person is keeping this daughter until something happens. I mean, the only way I could see a financial gain of this is $75,000. The mother takes, or uh, this person takes this little girl, drops her off in a populated area, finds her and like gets the reward or, you know, something like that. Or a tip or something like something like that. Yeah. Right. To be like, okay, this person has it. The other theory is that the father somehow has gotten this child. Mm -hmm. There is a video circulating online. Um, There's a YouTuber by the name of Annie and her thing. Her thing is like hard knock life is her. YouTube channel and she has this video of Dulce's father and he's singing and at one point people think that he's talking to a little girl in the truck Mm. because of something he says. She goes into great, great detail about how it's in a part of like Mexican culture and singing. There's always these like ad libs that are personal. And the father is a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not employed, but he's a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, so this might be like how we sing along to the radio and ablim things. This could be him ad- ablibbing. Someone says they think they hear a little girl in the car say, Daddy, don't. Like driving, like he's singing. So like maybe like, you know, like, Daddy, don't. Like, Dad, be quiet. Like, you're being too loud. Like something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they think that this little girl is in this truck with him. And I'm like, okay, it couldn't be any other child. Like, he couldn't have another kid. Right. Or be around any other children, child at all. <laughs> right. Like, have a niece, have, like, a best friend's kid who needed to be picked up from school. That Like, there's, there's a million and one different freaking reasons why this guy could have been around a child in a car. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily have to be her. Especially because, like, Noema is very adamant that, oh, no, it's he doesn't have her because he doesn't have the money to come get her. Like, if it was me, I would be like, did you call the dad? Like, and this is the other thing. Have you really talked to him? Not really. I haven't really talked to him. We haven't really communicated. Are you fucking kidding me? I'd be like, 
just like because it could have been like a family member could have come up. Mm-hmm. I don't know the circumstances. Obviously, she was very young when she had her child. She was 14. So I don't know the situation around their relationship, but it kind of sounds like he went away and then she stayed here. And, you know, yeah, it's just like. Have you ever met a person anytime you ask them a question, they have like a million and one excuses to the reasons why it couldn't be? Mm-hmm. That's her. Like, this is your daughter is missing. Why are you arguing? Like, why are you arguing? If someone were to say, like, if my kid was missing and they'd be like, well, did you try the child's father? I'd be like a hundred fucking thousand times. Like I called nonstop for like six hours mm-hmm. until I got through. Like I didn't stop texting this person until I got a response. Like, and then they were like, when <laughs> Dr. Phil was talking about her family and being suspects. Well, I think the police talked to my, all my family and everything you think, or, you know, mm. and when Dr. Phil says to her, he's like, well, what, where are they at? And she's like, I don't really know. You know, and he's like, how is you as the mother are not demanding the police tell you this information? She's like, I don't know. Because she knows something. She knows. She can't tell the whole, like, the, this whole truth can't come out. Mm-mm. And my my hope in my heart of hearts and my hope and everything and I'm praying. I hope it's something that she's okay. I really do. I hope this little girl is sitting somewhere at a house watching Frozen, eating ice cream, and just like this is a bad situation that adults have created and that this little girl is fine. But it's weird that at this point, like if it was an abduction type thing for like pedophile type things, I mean, just to go that route, typically the body is found within a week because they've been dumped. Yeah. And it would have been most likely dumped near that park because it was a park. People were coming and going. There's that. Unless the child is in Mexico with her father and the father is just not cooperating. But the FBI is trying to I don't know if they've contacted the father any further. I couldn't find any information on that, but they're working with authorities. Like, I'm sure somebody from like the wherever he lives in Mexico went to the house and was like, is this little girl here? Right. And the other point is, Dr. Phil asked Jackie, like, do you think that some family members are not coming forward to speak because they might be undocumented? And there's like there's that. The Dr. Phil show said that if someone knows any information and they are undocumented, they can contact his show and they will help protect you in this. But the goal is we need to get this little girl back to safety. Yeah. It's been three months. That's such a long time. It is. And, you know, I'm just I'm really hoping that they just find this little girl and she's she's okay. Yeah. But that is all I have for this week before I pop a blood vessel in my forehead from getting so upset. Yeah. So that wraps it up for me this week on this stabby. If you know anything, if you've seen anything, there is a tip hotline you can call. It is 1-800-225-5324. It's a little complicated because you have to select four. And then when it prompts you again, select eight. So we'll make sure that gets at least either on the source page or in the notes below. Um, We'll provide you that. If you know anything, say something. And we will see you on Monday for a full episode. So... Bye. Bye.